brothers and sisters. Who can regale me and my queen with some myth? Or tale? everybody and welcome once again to real poetry i am here this is sharon smith and i am here once again with my two popcorn snatchers marvin and auntie vice say what up what up and today we're gonna go over the 2021 adventure movie drama the green knight this movie here was starring Dev Patel, Alisa, Alicia uh, Vicader, Joe Aderson, Aderton, uh, Saria Cloudherson, Sean Harris, and Ralph in, in Ralph Inneson. Inneson. Wow. Directed by David Lowry. Lowry. This movie is the adaptation of the old tale of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. What? Gawain. Gawain? It's it's, it's Gawain. Oh, it's Gawain? Yeah. That's how they said it? Mm -hmm. Gawain. All right. Come up to the mic. We might want to hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. I can't lay back and just take it easy tonight. No, no, because you're too far away from the mic. You don't talk loud enough. Projection is a must. I still can't hear you. I can hear I was mouthing the mic. I see that. This movie was budgeted at $15 million. The movie is King Arthur's headstrong nephew, Sir Gwyn, embarks on a daring quest to confront a green knight, a mysterious giant who appeared at Camelot, risking his head to set to set off him, set off on an epic adventure to prove himself before his fam- before his family and court. Thoughts? Marvin? You know what? I actually dug this movie. I respect it for its decisions that it made. I'm not trying to make this one of those big battle epic historical films and stuck to its guns on making a narrative about a man who's trying to find his way in the world and be this quote-unquote honorable, chivalrous individual, an Arthurian-based knight. And it did a very good job 
on bucking bucking against common norms or and common um, themes and stereotypes for a lot of these chivalrous Arthur, Arthurian stories. And it did a whole lot better than what Mulan would have tried to do with its, uh, I'm a woman, watch me beat the patriarchy, but in a performative way. And we're off early on this. I know, headstrong. Too soon. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good movie. movie. Auntie Vice, what did you think of this movie? I thought the cinematography was fantastic. It was really pretty to watch. I liked that for a costume drama, it wasn't as overblown as most of them. And I thought it was really slow. This was a good napping movie. Um, right? I, I, it, it felt a bit disjointed in parts to me. And it felt almost like a D&D game where you get into that middle part and it just drags and you're waiting for it like, to roll the right number to get up to moving on. And so, um, you know, I understand where they were going with it. I just, some of the pacing made it feel really painfully slow in parts. Um, and I think part of that was I was not necessarily in the right mood going into the because they built it as this, you know, the, the building was this, it was adventurous and drama. Yeah, and yeah, they definitely try to make it what is pretty typical of like adventure drama, medieval or mm-hmm. Greek-based dramas of that time. I, I, I almost expected it to be some type, like a lot of battle scenes or something like that. But like I said, they stuck to their guns and I actually have mm-hmm. to respect it for, like you said, it's really long drawn out scenes mm-hmm. of just Dev Patel mm-hmm. in the open wilderness. Like he did really well with that doe-eyed look half the time. And you know what? A lot of those classical Arthurian literature has never been about fighting or anything like that. It's just been about the journey of a man to form knighthood or regain knighthood and everything like that. But again, like I said, this one bucks against that trope. And you see someone who is trying his best. But he comes up short in a lot of ways, in a very human way. And especially with how they do this. And how they always kind of give that notion that despite his best efforts, he still is very much a flawed individual. Like, goddamn, he even asks as a ghost, what do I get in return for helping you? (laughs) He does a lot of things throughout the whole journey that is morally questionable. Yeah, and I think this this suffers from the same... um, promotion problems that that the Ghostbusters with the all-female cast did. <laughs> yeah. The promotion is so bad. It sets you up for something so different than what you see mm-hmm. that if you go in expecting one thing and it's so different, it can the the flaws are ex- especially se- accentuated. Uh, they, elaborate. Yeah. Well, elaborate that. If you think about the movie poster, it has Gawain. Gawain yeah. Staring up into the sky, he looks like he's screaming, and he's holding the gr- the axe Correct, yeah. in the sky in a very um, warrior-like pose, like he just right. was victorious. Mm-hmm. 
But again, like even when we were watching them do the beheading game, there was no real battle. The Green Knight just essentially let him cut his head off. This movie was more about the drama buildup and scenery. Mm -hmm. And had they oh, go ahead. Had they marketed it to be, you know, something along the lines of salmon fishing in Yemen, which was a brilliant film with a horrible title, and I went in, and it was like kind of one of those more quiet, more introspective films, then it would have, you could match the audience to what they were expecting. But when you go in expecting this big medieval drama and what you get is a very quiet and reflective film, if you're not in the right mood, it, uh, it drags. So you're, so mostly you're looking at this as, this will not be one of those um, beefhead action pack movies watching less action hero or even or even what was that it, not not the well, robin hood or the robin hood version of action movies or even most of the king arthur movies that are yeah. now, right um and i went in ready for something like that hell i could have taken black knight on that day which is a horrible movie oh that hurts um, that and I hurts. Got this, which was just not what I was in the mood for. And with that disconnect, made it a little harder. But like I said, it's beautiful to watch. They do a really great job of dealing with a lot with of avant garde scenes. Like when they, mm -hmm. when he went to get um, Winifred's head skull. Yes. The transitions of light, and then the moment where it looked like he was staring up at the night sky and everything like that. Like, that was a good scene. That was really good. They did some really beautiful work with that. Yeah. And they had some really interesting ways of setting stuff up, which I enjoyed. Um, but yeah, I left feeling like, oh, that was a long movie. So, so to elaborate on some of the stuff of the actual uh, manuscript of this is what this was added, what this was the adaptation of. So the manuscript itself has 101 stanzas. Uh, 2,530 lines. The actual poet who wrote it, they do not have, they do not have his name or anything. He is unknown. He is anonymous. Uh, the copyist who found the, the manuscript, his name's on there, but a lot of people have used his, has used this poem as a way to steer off a lot of their um, characters that they put in like J.R.R. Token and a lot of um, even even the um, the Chanterbury Chanterbury's um, tales and stuff. It's this has become one of those things where they're trying to take a little bit of that, but they don't want but they don't want to go far as far as they did as this um, poet did on this, because this narrative, as you see, is a chivalrous romantic. It never has it doesn't have a good ending as a lot of other like a lot of other poems or a lot of movies and stuff have taken their characters. This one is more of a, a treble fickles character than the rest of a lot of like J.R. Tolkien's characters or even um um uh, CS CS um Lewis Lewis's um characters and stuff. So yeah, this is um it's a pretty it's a pretty dark movie that tries to teach you about morality. Well, I think Mortality. it's pretty, I think it's pretty yeah. common nowadays for people to turn that trope upside down. That that notion of the all perfect being morally, and give it a more darker, realistic flip. This movie was very much that. And if you think about it, like the behead. So what 
Sir Gawain and the Green Knight just did at the beginning of the movie was called the Beheading Game. Right. And in Arthurian literature, the whole point of the Beheading Game was a symbolism of a coming-of-age story for most knights, and, or in Sir Gawain's story, the original. <laughs> Sorry, dog farted. <laughs> That's coming around a lot. <laughs> Why? God, want your laugh. Oh, bad dog. <laughs> really? Um, but, um, oh, God. Take what a moment. He's got tear gas. <laughs> oh, um, but in the movie, but in the story, he, once he sees the Green Knight, he kneels down ready to be headed without any fear and in reward of that that stalwart bravery he barely gets a tap on the shoulder he just gets cut apparently and he's rewarded with his life and to go forward a true knight quote unquote this movie they leave it ambiguous I, I, yeah, I could see that, but 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 I mean, even with the even with some of his stops, some of his um some of the stops that he had that he had to deal with, like being robbed, being um faced at a haunting with a ghost, where he had to go find the head of a a beheaded woman, uh, and also even hit, even his stop at the castle where the wife of the hunter would come to, would came to his room, um, room and stuff. And he had to deal with her. I mean, just these various stops along his journey before he gets to the end kind of made you wonder about his how he um how he particularly thought of himself as he was doing this as this journey. Because getting robbed, the guy said the the kid said, "I will co- go along with your journey." And he had to go find him to get to get that axe and get his um and keep on keep on pursuing what he was going to do. Even though the I, I've always wondered what the fox, the char- the character of the fox, what was he meaning for? I mean, I know I know the like R two D two or even the um, Mulan, the cartoon, the dragon, and there's always a character that always goes along as like a little sidekick to the the main the main um the heroic journey. I always wonder if that the fox was was that the fox's intention to be was the um. Is basically is um almost like his Wilson in Run in Castaway. <laughs> I can't talk to you, but I I can talk to you, but you won't understand me until you actually talk to him. It's like, yeah, you're gonna die. So, um, what do you think about the um? So the the um the ghost that was um her her name is Kelly. She's actually she actually plays as the villain on. Um, the fa- Falcon and Winter Soldier. So that's why I've seen her before. Uh, what do you think about her character, Auntie Vice or Marvin? Go ahead, Marvin. Yeah. Auntie Vice is looking at things. <laughs> well, I mean, the ghost Winifred. I mean, yeah. her whole story is again the damsel in distress. That's the whole point of these Arthurian tales. These these classic literature from about knighthood. You got to save the damsel in distress, even if she's a hot dead one. 
Easier if she's a hot dead one. There's less to fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I uh, her character doesn't have real dimension. Oh, okay. She's just it, it, she feels more like a plot device, and then and that's what it was for however long that time frame was with her. She served her purpose of Gawain being able to go back to his journey. Oh, okay. Auntie, what what do you think about the the robbers who basically stole in the beginning of the start of his journey, um, point point him in the wrong direction, and then basically robbed him? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one probably not uncommon at the time this was written to run mm. to thieves and such on the road. But you know, it's another you're going to run into these obstacles. You know, people are out to get you. Uh, you know, setting it up for you know lessons he should learn when he rules is rules over the kingdom. Um, you know, it was fairly straightforward. Mm. Uh, yeah, a lot of those situations are straightforward. Mm-hmm. But the great thing about these is while they don't have depth, I think they really do show us the real thing, which is obviously his character. Yeah. Each of these moments that he kind of tackles. He doesn't handle it how you would expect a quote-unquote knight would. With Winifred, he expected a reward in return, even though the motherfucker was dead. With the robbers, he wasn't exactly defiant to them. He said, please, multiple times. He even cried. He was helpless. He was a lot more helpless than what normal audiences would have probably liked. He wasn't brutish. He wasn't brutish with them when they captured him with with the lord and his wife he cheated on her and he and he made out with him not exactly true knighthood type of things especially in christendom well and i think so much of this is to set up that he is different than arthur and mm-hmm. different than Lancelot, because in the Arthurial or you know the Arthur legends and such, each knight serves a different device and to explore a different aspect of humanity. And he is a much more flawed version than either of those, right? You, King Arthur is this noble, you know, thoughtful hero, and Lancelot is the romantic lead and. Gawain is really much more human than either of them. Yeah, he, he's just pretty much Robin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, speaking of which, so I I was reading, so I read over the manuscript and stuff, and I was looking at some of the information. A lot of that, a lot of the um the robbery, the robbery, the the haunted um, mistress and also even the journey to seeing a bunch of giants walking. That was actually elaborated. They put that in the castle was supposed to be there. He's supposed to go to the castle, meet the hunter and his wife and the old lady and stuff. That was actually in the story, but the other three things, the other three, three things that he ran into, those were not in the story. So it's very interesting how that, how much, the the movie added in to make this to make this dramatic scene of his life of his um his knight or his chivalry or his knighthood 
while he was going on this journey. Um, so one thing that does that I always wanted to point out is there's a lot of times he had a moment of I ain't gonna say solitude or a, a moment of reflection. One moment was when he was when he was robbed. He's basically tied up. The camera does like a 360 turn and it comes back to him. He's looking at himself as a skeleton tied up. Basically, he just he didn't make it. He just died there. Uh, another reflection is um, when he um, when he gets ready to get his head chopped off, he has this whole flash of his life, what it could have been. You know, his night, his his child being born from uh, I think she was like a bastard mom or something before she was queen. Uh, she wasn't even queen. She was right. just some commoner. Yeah, it's common and he took her. So yeah, like damn, that's fucking harsh. She just gave her money and just took the kid. Yeah, and you know, even you know, having the wife having then having the battle, his kingdom being getting ready to be destroyed and stuff, uh, his child being killed. I mean, all this stuff. Being, being, you know, being a figment of his imagination of what he would have would have been if he got back and became the the king of this of of Camelot, and because he because technically he was the next heir since um, King Arthur never King Arthur never had a child, never bared a child with um, Guinevere. He was the next one to um, be the next on the throne. So he had this kind of lab, you know, this whole threshold of what he could have been, what his life could have, been, what everything could have happened to himself, and then you kind of, then you, after the everything gets killed, you get one back to the cut, and then he just kind of wakes back up and then makes a run for it, puts a sash on his neck, and then acts like, I yeah, I did it, but. You know, got a cut there, and I'm good. Just not being cowardly, but being honest. What's up? I think that captures the the humanity in it. I mean, so many of us spend a lot of time thinking about what could have been, what mm. should have been, and I think you know, with the addition of of the way they did it, it was just that was the true humanity of it. Is the amount of time he spent with regrets and with with concerns about woulda, shoulda, coulda. Mm. I think it does. I think it was a great device to a storytelling mm -hmm. when they did it, like so. For instance, as you mentioned, where he was bound and gagged in the forest after the robbers left with all of his belongings except for his sword, which he used to free himself. That 360 pan of him and his decayed form. Mm -hmm. I think that was probably also also a really good way of showing him. That's probably what he was thinking. I'm gonna die here. This journey is going to be the end of me. And then obviously that flash forward of him being a very terrible king was a was also him thinking, is this what awaits me? So with all that, so the so with all that coming through, I would see I would see this movie was a forward and it always had forward. You know, it had forward and backward moments. It had those moments where you get a glimpse of future and, and some of his, um, not really his past, but all mostly his future. You always get a glimpse of what his future was ahead of him. And even with that in mind, do you feel that this movie, this movie captured, well, here's a, here's a thought. 
So this movie here didn't have the 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 norm white um or or Caucasian a uh, main actor as the mean uh, as the as the um the the main the main character but it did have a bunch of other white english actors in the background and stuff or around it do you, do you feel that this may hinder may have hindered it from winning an oscar at the academy yeah no. yeah oh yeah why is that because the oscars are still dominated by a bunch of white folk and the only you know the the narratives that don't involve a lot of white folk that get the Oscars mm-hmm. are ones that have to do with the struggle or you know the tragedies that come with with being a minority in this country, right? And it's like it's almost like they're given the Oscar to say, yeah, we're we're kind of sorry for all that racism that we're not going to do shit about, but you did a good job acting it out, right? Um, and you know, for so much of it, it's like that's why that's why you know Will Smith winning King Richard really kind of broke a mold there, and the Summer of Soul uh, right. winning, right? Because it's finally like, okay, we're finally starting to eke out of this. Not all black stories have to be tragedies, but yeah, I mean that's still what dominates, what wins. Mm-hmm. No, and yes, you're right. No, no, Auntie Vice is right, but my point was. Having a person of color play a lead role in what essentially is a English or mostly white story form of storytelling, not a big deal to for me. After years of how, like, and I say this as someone who's all who's had to watch stories where they had to put white characters as the white savior or in positions where it's like it wouldn't make sense. Why would you put a white person? in this story or why is he white while the rest is Asian or black or whatever mm-hmm. this and him being of Indian descent playing a white knight not really doesn't irk me after years of having seen that mm-hmm. I think it's great that we finally get actors who get to finally show their depth and range yeah yeah no and I think that's a big part of it I mean but we're also dealing with a, an academy that they literally created the group award for like best over ensemble cast yeah. because of Parasite. And there is a large amount of speculation out there that it was created for that because so many of the Academy of Voters couldn't tell the difference between Asian actors. So, yeah. You know, I, that's true. That's true. Because honestly, and you're right. I, I really did like what you were saying earlier about the Academy. The Oscars is stupid. It's fucking stupid. It's just a bunch of white people who you make ridiculous notions in the same way that a lot of other of these big reward shows make. They are not only are they just white, they're a bunch of old people who don't understand is the best way I can put it. Current things. When something becomes the rage, they don't follow that trend closely until it's already gone past. Then they give its laurel, give it its laurels. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, but this is this has been a character who played in Slumdog Millionaire. He played in several. I mean, he's played in Slumdog Millionaire. He's played in Last Airbender. He's. I mean, he's been in a lot of the movies that people enjoyed. 
um, work on um, the road within the lion, um, the hotel moment, um, the wedding guest. Brilliant. brilliant actor. I mean, he even played in the personal, uh, he even played in the personal history of the David Copperfield movie. So he's known, even he even played in um, only yesterday, that movie that where he went back in time when the Beatles weren't around. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, so he's known yet. I mean, Braveheart, Robin Hood with Kevin Costner. I mean, there's been several movies where the English defiance or the English cast still was able to get a nomination or even an Oscar out of it. Right. But you switch off one character because he's not what they're used to, and then they don't know what the heck to call. I mean, that's the weird part. That's what I'm trying to figure out. It's like, does it have to? I mean, I the, I remember I remember the group um the group nom- the group nomination with Parasite. They t- that that same award was given to the the cold cast of Black Panther, which were ridiculous. I'm like, these are people you know, but yet you can't give them other award except this one because you got that's that's the you know kind of the the sh- the throw it's all award. Here you go, this the group one. Yeah, see all y'all get it. See. <laughs> So I'm kind of I'm kind of concerned about is the I mean he's won BAFTA he's won other critical other awards and stuff but is even if we change the character on an on an English ideal movie or British whatever movie does that not give it merit as it would any other thing that comes to the Academy. That's my question. It doesn't give it the same merit or it's not because unfortunately, like you said with Parasite, if we don't see ourselves, why the heck am I going to, why my heck am I going to put my vote into something that I don't understand? If Sean Connery would have done this performance and kept his Scottish accent, he would have been nominated. Yeah. Right. I mean, that- this is essentially like the whole turning red conundrum. So what's that? Turning red? Turning red? The okay. Pixar like oh okay turning red okay the new one yeah yeah, like, yeah okay. some like some movie critic was like this is an exhausting movie I do not understand and of course he's white of course you're not to understand you didn't have to live through this right and and it's this lack of being able to empathize and see past that that is kind of the reason why this movie will never get that type of award yeah. even though it had a whole ensemble of English cat I mean none of them I mean. Even well, the main character didn't. See, I mean, see, okay. this is the problem with it, though. This is this is they, they because they love to bring up the issue of if we can't have a white person play a role that's supposed to be for a person of color, then why should a person of color play this role for a white that was meant to be a white person? But they completely exclude from the fact that the issue is this is the first time we've been even able. To bring about this notion of doing it and for this time for you to even recognize this the ability of this one particular actor who who isn't white yeah i mean he deserves an oscar over and over his performance in lion was breathtaking mm-hmm. exactly right. but they they don't they fail to receive that mm-hmm. and they will never recognize that like and it's very much the same argument that if i say why is matt damon playing in a movie called The Great Wall, 
in China. They're like, but why wouldn't you want to see Matt Damon in China? I don't know. Because he's fucking white and he doesn't like geographically in that era, his fucking bullshit ass would not be in China at the moment. <laughs> we can cast Tony Flags in uh, as uh, a oh, thirteen, Muslim. yeah, thirteen uh, warrior as yeah. a Muslim, and he doesn't even have to lose his Spanish accent. Um, well, he's trying to play a little fake Arabic accent. <laughs> it's to... so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> Or, or even what's that? But yeah, it goes back to that's why the Academy likes to give, you know, awards to black movies about black trauma because it's something that white people, yeah, we understand black trauma, cool. Because we're into that. That's what the news is anymore. It's fucking death mm-hmm. porn and shit. It's gross. Well, yeah. I get the point of the death porn and everything. I'm just I've just seen now that this is this is another movie that even though the character itself may not have been what they, you know, the English or the or even the United Kingdom's version would it wasn't wouldn't have had they wouldn't have had Indians uh, Indian there um, doing uh, even under even under um, King Arthur as his nephew. It's still the fact that they couldn't even they couldn't even see yet past that. Mm-hmm. As a as a an extra thought, like oh, would would he be that way, or what? What you know? What 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 would we change? I mean, because right now, even I'm looking at Macbeth. I don't know if Macbeth with um uh, Denzel Washington got any um accolades. I gotta go. I gotta go check again. And see, the I don't think I did. But I mean, see, this is definitely the problem with um representation. When mm. you're the majority, it's hard to see. The Something issue, different. and then when it goes against your perceived norm, if you don't understand it, you of course you victimize yourself for an issue that doesn't bear any right to be victimized. Mm-hmm. How interesting! And I'll leave it at that with your point, sir. <laughs> All right, we're going to with that being victimized. We're going to go into snap judgment, where we. Basically, get the review a uh, rating for the review of the movie we just reviewed. Where we go in increments of three, so three snaps. This movie is the greatest. The Green Knight came and chopped some heads. That's how big it should have been. Dramatic. Two snaps. It's not that bad, but it's not that good. One snap. This movie should be buried to that. To the woman who basically lost her head in the lake. We go in quarter snack increments. Everyone close your eyes and get ready to reveal your rating of Green Knight. One, two, tres. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I see two, two, and two and a half. Two and a quarter. Oh, two and a quarter. That's right. Two and a half. Yeah, my bad. So for once, you know, all three of us were pretty well in sync. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of shocked, Auntie Vice. You gave it two and a quarter while we both highest. gave. I mean, I'm, I'm. The most time, it's like I'm the one trying to save a, a, a wreckage. <laughs> so, what? Explain your two and a quarter. Why do they get that extra quarter? 
Or the cinematography. The okay. cinematography was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is a beautiful, beautiful film. Like, I could have just put music to it and just watched the cinematography. Could just watch it. Just so cut out all the other stuff and just watch yeah, it running around. I didn't, I didn't really care about the plot in a lot of it, but had, I could have just watched the, the the photography and the movements and stuff. And it was absolutely stunning movie to watch. So that's what got the extra quarter on this one. Had it not had that, had it had you know kind of average cinematography, yeah, I would have been three with the you guys. But it was so pretty. Hmm. It was too. <laughs> I like pretty things. Marvin, why'd you give it a two? You know, I got it pretty much the same thing I would say with Auntie Vice. I mean, there's nothing I would change about this movie. It did well in even the, the even the main character. I actually liked it a lot. I'm just saying, if it, if it didn't have Dave, it didn't have Dave. I'm um, Dev. It had. <laughs> what would be a good one to throw in there? If Toby McGuire played this right now and gave me the same doe-eyed look, <laughs> I would not be as impressed. Who's yeah. the Who's the dude that plays in um Kings uh, uh the Kingsman? Kingsman Edgar. He play, He played um he played um um Elton John on uh, uh, Rocket Man. I think he's a good actor, but I think yeah. Dave Patel mm-hmm. was able to play the. I am not ready for this task. Roll very well. Like, dude, he is toxic masculinity. He personified really well. I'm a tough guy, but when it comes to me, I'm a little bitch about it. (laughs) He did everything right up to, I'm going to, what you say about my mama? And then he goes into a barroom brawl. Like, he did everything right. Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Down Down to, like, literally putting someone off the consensus for throwing doo-doo at him. Touche. <laughs> All right, folks. You can see that we gave it two, two, and two and a quarter. That altogether is six and a quarter out of nine. That's what we give it. What did you think of this movie? If you have a, have you have seen this, have you seen the Green Knight? Comment on it. Tell us what you think. Give us your rating and see if it compares with ours or not. But anything else is a 6.5 out of 9 snaps on this one. We're going to basically give our social media, starting off with Marvin. Yeah, y'all can find me at StarvinMarvin09 on the gram. Auntie Vice. You can find me at Auntie Vice on most social media and check out my podcast, Fat Chicks on Top. This next episode coming up is with Meg Ellison, is a brilliant author, wrote the Road to Nowhere series. And so, yes, check it out. And you can catch me on I Am Big Zine. That is I A M B I C Z I N E. And we'll leave you off with that. Our next movie we haven't found yet, but it is Poetry Month. So there's something out there that even we're disturbed to see. Because I got three other ones that I looked at, and I don't know if they're ready for it. You think they're ready for it? Let me know. (laughs) And we're out of here while Marvin goes, hugs his dog that farted in his face and gave him a little toxin. I tell you, everyone, 
Be safe. Be poetic. And enjoy that popcorn while you can. Peace. Play it.